0: What a fantastic service so far. I feel that, that song's going to be going to my head even while I'm preaching. I won't be able to stop it. It's been a very inspiring service. I really appreciate the communion remarks from Corey. I appreciate being able to watch the baptism. And uh, yesterday, Trina was sitting over there about the eighth row back and we were chatting and she said, yeah, I'm getting baptized tomorrow. It's so encouraging. I remember when I became a Christian when I was a teen, just a few short years ago. It's been a great service. A great service. And I want to thank you for the chance to be here. Two of my three teens are here today. Also, I know we have some invaders, I mean some visitors from North River. Are you all on that side? They're all on that? Okay. Good to see some more familiar faces. Thank you the Morgans. We met ten years ago. That was just like, you know, the other day. So when I say I've been a Christian Christian just, you know, I was a teen a few years ago. You get the idea. Okay. Craig, thank you. Now, I know I'm not technically a teen. I was for seven years. Then I graduated and turned 20. But the Word of God has a lot to say to teens. And so I want you to ignore my age, overlook my mannerisms and my baldness, and just listen to what the Spirit has to say to you today. And this is a message for the teens. Now, we're going to let everybody else listen in. But really the message is for The teens. It's aimed that way. And may the Spirit speak to your heart and conscience during the next 30 minutes. Paul said, bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15.33 What is character? Today's message is about character and personality. First, we better be clear what we're talking about. Some things we're born with. You know, you're born with your personality. It's amazing... And some of you are mothers, or you'll become mothers. And you can tell a lot about the kid even before the child is born. By how active they are, how many somersaults they do in the tummy. I'm not joking. And the minute they come out, you can see the temperament. Content, angry, happy, easygoing. You're born with things like that. Very hard to change. Your body shape and size is pretty much determined when you're born. How much did you weigh, teens, when you were born? How many of you were seven pounds or above? Was anyone in the sixes, six pounds? How about eight? Fourteen? What? (laughs) How long were you, if you even know? Twenty inches? I was 22. That's a little bit on the long side. I'm not the tallest person, but that's a good length. I played a trick on the preacher when our first child was born. I left a message on his answer machine. I said, yeah, he came in the middle of the night. He was 36 inches long, and he weighed 19, and he believed me. 36 inches long, that's three feet, you know. (laughs) By the way, that's probably impossible. The mother would be dead. (laughs) When you're born, maybe you were hairy like Esau or Chewbacca. Maybe you were smooth (laughs) like Steely Dan or Luther Vandross. Maybe your eye color was blue and it changed. Or it was brown and it changed. What kind of personality do you have anyway? Are you the quiet type or the noisy type? Or are you the quiet type who's learned how to be a bit more noisy? That would be me. I'm a quiet guy. By nature, inward focused. What kind of personality do you have? Are you the easygoing type or you get upset? All these things I'm kind of born with. Yeah, character changes. Character can be built, but not personality. Before I was a Christian, I was that quiet guy. Interested in everything, but often bored. Before I was a Christian, I would call up my friends and say, What you doing? Nothing. You want to go throw rocks at cars? Sure. (laughs) So we'd go hide under the bridge and we'd throw rocks at cars. Don't throw a rock at a police car. Don't do that. That's dumb. Don't throw a rock in any car. Before I was a Christian, I was into vandalism. After I was baptized, I was into evangelism. There's a very important difference there. We change when we become Christians. But what changes is often the attitudes and the behaviors. It's not that crazy inside or that soft, mellow inside or whatever it is. You know, the world tells you to fix up your outside. It's all about the look. God says... Pay attention to the inside. The world says if you're shaped that way, well, look at you. What a pathetic excuse for a woman or a guy. You're the wrong shape. You need to drink this drink and eat this pill and do these motions. And Do you know there's no ideal shape in the Bible? Not even once does the Bible say what fat and thin are. They're never even defined. Every generation has its opinions. Look at pictures. Look at pictures of, of movie stars from the 1940s and 50s. The guys are skinny. They're skinny. Their arms are skinny. The women, by today's standard, are a little bit plump. But that's what people wanted. Go a few hundred years earlier, look at pictures. I go to art museums at least once every five or ten years when I'm dragged. But you look at these pictures and you say, man, she's, she's, she's very chunky. Well, that was considered very desirable. I was in Africa a few weeks ago. And a brother said, this is my new wife. Uh, she's become fat. And he's smiling. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, Oh yeah, right. This is African culture. It's very different. And at dinner he said, yes, I took her back to the village. My father-in-law saw her for the first time since the wedding. And he said, you're doing very well. My daughter's <laughs> becoming fat. Because in the culture, that means you're providing for her. It means she's going to be okay. It's not viewed as a negative. See, so many of these things are social messages that get thrown around. That's not from the Word of God. Don't let the world tell you you're messed up because you look the wrong way. God made you the way you are. We can make slight modifications, but there's no ideal skin color. To me, being a, it's kind of crazy how many white people want to have darker skin and how many black people want to have lighter skin. It's like, you know, the other skin is better, The green, the grass is greener. Like, what's wrong with you the way you are? The world says focus on the outside. We're to walk cool, talk cool, be cool. But if that is so important, how come Jesus never did a sermon on being cool? you think Jesus strutted around? In this message today, we're going to talk about character. I just have two points. I think it's two. I better look down because it's on big print in my laptop computer. I know Jesus didn't have a laptop computer either. You cannot change your personality type, but your character can grow. Personality type doesn't really change. In the first five years, it's pretty much fixed. But character grows little by little by doing the right thing. That's point one. Character can grow little by little if you do the right thing. Romans chapter 5. Please follow me. I'm going to read just a few verses at the beginning of Romans 5. And this tells us about character. Of course, he says we've been justified by faith and we have peace with God. Amen. I'm going to jump ahead to verse 3. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us. Character. Now, sometimes we say, well, that guy, he's a real character. What you're really talking about is his personality. He tends to mouth off or, you know, he always has just the right word to say or, you know, who does he think he is? But character is your inner strength. It's your virtue. It's a spiritual quality as well. It's like muscles. You want to grow muscles? See me in the back. I'll be at my book table. I have some special pills. You take one today. When you wake up tomorrow, you'll have ginormous muscles. Because you can build up a very muscular body in really less than 24 hours. I don't know why people think you have to... I mean, you believe that? You believe that? How do you get muscles? What, you, go, you get a, a job where you have to do physical labor? How about you go to the gym? That's my strategy. I go to the gym and I sit down in a comfortable chair. And I, I try to focus on the beefiest looking guys there. And I just watch them. Because I know if I watch them, it'll absorb into me. If I I hang around those people, I'll automatically get big and strong. Is that the way it works? You know that's not the way it works. (laughs) Now, (laughs) in fact, people say because I actually do go to the gym. They say, "What? What's your expectation?" And I say, "Progress, extremely slow." (laughs) That's not an excuse. I've got. I mean, for one, you can't build up muscle quickly. Not quickly. And two, I've got another factor in my life working against me. You could call it gravity or entropy or longevity, call it what you want. I'll be happy to maintain I'll be happy just to creep ahead a little bit. But character, there's no shortcut. Our society wants shortcuts. Don't listen to those lies. There's no shortcut to character any more than a shortcut to muscle. We've got to be responsible. Like what? Well, doing what you're asked to do. No, better. Going the extra mile. Well, who asks us to do things? Teachers? Family members? All kinds of people ask them to do things. We build character by, by doing what we should do. Wow, so if I do what I should do tomorrow, then, then on Tuesday I'll have character? <laughs> uh-uh. You can be obedient, compliant, you can do it for a month and you may have a tiny bit more character. No, no, no. This is like the gym. This takes perseverance for months and years. So great to see Trina become our sister. I believe she's fully forgiven of her sins because Acts 2.38 says when you repent and get baptized, your sins are gone. But I don't believe it changed her character. When you come up out of the water, you still have the same Tendencies and temptations. You don't come out of the water and, wow, I used to be an impatient person. If you think that, you're going to be tested right soon. You're going to be tested. You've come out of the water. You know God could have done it that way. I like to compare it to having a baby. God could have done it that there was no process at all. You've had weddings in this building, right, Craig? Not yet. Not yet. What's going on? <laughs> The other side, the other side, not yet. Not yet. Is there a law? Or some... <laughs> anyway, so the minister says you may kiss the bride. Meanwhile, the bridegroom, the matron of honor, has the basket, and she kneels down underneath the bride because you know as soon as he kisses her, the baby is going to drop out. Kiss her. Here you are now. Could no, hang on. Could God have done that? God, God's God. Psalm 115, verse 3. He's in the heavens, he does whatever he pleases. He could have made it happen, boom, just like that. Instead, he gives you 40 weeks, nine months or so, to adjust, for your body to adjust. And not just your body, but your head. It's a big conceptual jump to becoming a parent. God normally works through processes. It's exactly the same with building character. It's exactly the same. What do we do? We've got to do the right thing again and again and again. Be honest. We don't cheat. Don't cheat in school. Yeah, but you get a better grade that way. Yeah, but you lose character. You might get a better grade, you lose character. You won't respect yourself. And so you have to do something to prove you're not bad in order to compensate for the lack of respect. Don't cheat. Tell the truth. Don't lie. Don't even shade it. Don't just put the most positive spin on it you can. Be a man of your Word. Be a woman of your Word. Jesus said that in Matthew 5. Jesus' brother James said it in James 5. Let me read James 5.12. He says, don't swear. Above all, don't swear not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you'll be condemned. Is your yes, yes? Or do you say, sure. You have no intention of being that way. That's a character issue. It's who we are deep down. See, we grow through suffering, seeking pleasure, comfort, and the easy way out. That's the world's way. Jesus went to the cross. So, to, do, to take the shortcut, that's the opposite of the cross. I mean, Jesus had opportunity. In the garden, He could have backed out. On the cross, He could have come down. Hmm. Character can change. Not personality. Not really. Character can change. Bit by bit. It's who you are deep down. I knew three people I spent time with three different people, all of whom had one sin in common. It was a sin we don't normally meet, although it's not that uncommon. It's a sin of murder. Now, all these guys were guilty of murder. One actually enjoyed it. This is when I lived in London. He enjoyed it. He was a mercenary soldier. This is from the old South African regime. And he was a soldier of fortune. And he would travel all over Africa and put down rebellions. And he loved shooting. He loved killing. Yeah, it could be blacks, mainly because Africa's mainly black, so that's true. But he just loved to kill people. And this guy, we only had one Bible study. I thought his heart is so hard. Heaven and earth will have to do something if he's ever going to soften. Another fellow. I remember George. And he had just got out of prison for murder. And he was very sorry. And so we kept studying and he he was baptized. A third fella, see, we're talking about what's on the inside. He was so twisted that he had killed and eaten 15 people. And when I spent almost an hour with him, he hadn't yet been caught. She meant to push record and she put play instead. I understand it. It does happen. But this guy, I'm not kidding. My boss, I, I worked at the university. He brought in the newspaper. Front page. He said, isn't that the guy you interviewed with? Front page. I can tell you his name later. You can look it up on Google. He's infamous. Three men all did the same thing. Well, okay, only the last guy ate his victims. But what's different is what's inside. It's the attitude. It's the heart. Psalm 19. Not one They're both about the Word of God. But Psalm 19, verse 12. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? <sighs> Cleanse me from these hidden faults. And I think he means hidden from himself, not hidden from you know, church leaders. Keep me also from deliberate sins. That's 1913. Don't let them control me. Then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. And, verse 14, May the words of my mouth, the thoughts of my heart be pleasing to You, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. That's a great prayer. He prays about deliberate sin. He prays about accidental or unknown sin. He prays about... See, those are actions. Where do they come from? They come from thoughts. And so he prays for God to, to make the thoughts of his heart pleasing and the words of his mouth. God focuses on the inside. You can build character. That's the good news. The bad news is there's no shortcut. You want to be a person of character? You want to make something of your life? No shortcuts. There's no quick way to riches. like the lottery. Yeah, one person wins. And 20 million people lose. You win at the other guy's expense. Oh, but it's okay. I'm just taking a little bit. You think it's it's okay to, to steal... A million dollars from somebody? Wouldn't you say that's a crime? How about a dollar? So everyone buys a dollar ticket <laughs> and you get all the winnings. And who are you taking the money from? Normally, as I observe, the people who can least afford that silly ticket. Mm-mm. Who are we deep down? And point two, if character can grow, what will stop it? Point two, the enemy of character is the world. The world? You mean like where we are right now? Well, yeah, but not that world. That's the, that's the earth. And we're not talking about that. But aren't we supposed to love the world? Yeah, God so loved the world. That's the people in the world. But when the Bible talks about the world, usually it means something else. Please, James chapter 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it the whole army of evil desires that war within you? want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it you're jealous for what others have and you can't possess it so you fight and quarrel to take it away from them yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask god for it even when you do ask you don't get it because your whole motive's wrong you want only what will give you pleasure you adulterers Adulter. don't you realize friendship with this world makes you an enemy of god i say it again if your aim is to enjoy this world, you cannot be a friend of God. In other words, loving the world is adultery. It's spiritual adultery. How? Because we're supposed to love Jesus. It's like you're two-timing. You promise yourself to Christ, but you're seeing this other guy or girl on the side. And you know what Jesus said? You cannot serve two masters. I'm a happily married man. I love my wife. I think we've got a great marriage. This is our 23rd year. I love her. I want to keep her. What if I started spending time with someone else? Nothing bad. Just a friendship. Just friends. Yeah? How would that be? And I invite her into my car and we just drive around the town. And then one day, I pass my wife. She's going the other way. Who was that woman? Oh, it's nobody. I mean, somebody. Her name is Audrey or whatever it is. (laughs) Her name is Sally. Sally. Yeah, she's just a friend. How do you think my wife would feel about that? Well, I had my arm around her, but I was just more supporting my arm because my back was aching. You know, I wasn't really... Is that the way you are with the world? With the things in the world? The pleasures of the world? I know it is. How do I know that? Because although we're in the world but not of the world, we all get tempted. None of us is above being a spiritual adulterer. Not many of us have committed... Moral, uh, uh, sexual adultery. But spiritual adultery is when we love the world. And that, how do I know that? Right there. James 4.4. 4. Well, be more specific. Okay, I will. Man, I need to look cool. I need to blend in. I wouldn't want to stand out too much. I wouldn't want people to think I'm strange. Like First Peter 4.4. 4. I need to buy expensive shoes. Dress a certain way. And I need to have a certain do. hair hairdo. Let me say something to the guys. I'm just going to read this from from Samuel. Because Samuel was choosing a replacement king. They had the first king in Israel. This is about 1000 B.C. His name was Shaul. We call him Saul. And what was Saul's uh, dominant characteristic? He said he was a head taller than everybody else. So in the crowd the top of other people's head came right here. That was his main strength. But he lacked character. By the way, tall people in the Bible don't come off very well. Can you think of any others? Yeah, Goliath. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know, and that's it. Uh, so don't be impressed by tall people. Now, some of you guys are tall. I'm not untall, I'm just short compared to some of you. God doesn't care how tall you are. From the arrow of you, you all look like ants. You ever look out an airplane window? Even cars look like ants. People, I mean, it doesn't matter. Oh, wow, that guy's three inches taller than the norm. I mean, you can't even tell. Who cares? <laughs> so the, the Lord told Samuel when the firstborn son, he said, I want you to get the replacement king. Go to the house of Jesse. Jesse had seven or eight boys. Boy number one walks by. His name is Eliab. He's tall. Oh, great. <laughs> and, uh, and Samuel says, surely this is the one. We always anoint the tallest one, Right. God says, do not, first Samuel 16, seven, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things the man looks at, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's character. And what we need, guys, is to have character. You say, No, what I need is I need a girl. Let me tell you this. The kind of girl the kind of guy a girl wants is a guy with character. Now let me this is I know I'm not talking to the guys, but the girls listen to this part. Say, oh, but, but he's a strong guy. He, I mean, he's very calm and got big muscles and everything. Okay, good. What's he like around hardship? So you went to that movie and you saw those people suffering and the guy lost, his brother died of cancer and the whole theater was crying. What was Mr. Muscles doing? He was stony faced. So you really think that's the guy for you? What do you think is going to happen when you get married and in the middle of the night the kids are crying, sick? Who do you think is going to be the one who's going to have to get up? You think he's going to rouse himself? When you're sick with cancer, you think he's going to stay with you? Or you think he's going to resent it? See, Jesus was stronger than any of us, but he was strong emotionally. He was strong. He knew how to cry. That takes strength. He actually went against the flow. So, if you're thinking about these guys, and I'm not trying to make muscular guys feel inferior, <laughs> but I don't care about your muscles. God cares about what's in the heart. Girls, Peter said in 1 Peter 3, 3, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, It should be that of your inner self, the unfitting beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. He did not say that braided hair is a sin. He said your beauty shouldn't come from those outward things. It should come from the inward thing. Some people think, okay, that means you can't braid your hair. (laughs) Some people will criticize, oh, well, she spent six hours braiding her hair. They're not looking at the big picture. Yeah, she did spend six hours. Actually, her friends did it for her. because I mean, you'd have to be incredible to do it yourself. Yeah, she did it six hours, but then for four months, she didn't have to do anything at all. Whereas you, you only spent ten minutes a day. Ten minutes a day. Three hundred. That's five hours a month. Over six months, you spent 30 hours. You spent five times as much as she did. So don't make a... You know, don't judge us by the surface. J- Jesus said, John seven twenty four. Stop judging by mere appearances, John 7:24. Make a right judgment. On the other hand, what's more important to you? Your outward beauty or your inward beauty? Because girls, if you're focused on the outward beauty, you're messed up. Early Christians were very modest. They, were, they would have been shocked by the way most people in our society dress. Modern Christians are pretty lax. Many people spend more time in six months Preparing their outward appearance every morning, then their inward disposition. oh, you spend 10, 20, 30 minutes getting ready to look good. How much time you spend each morning get ready to be ready for, for God, to walk with God? Well, that's different. He walks with me all the time. See, I know uh, one or two other Christians at school, so that's two or three, so Jesus is among us automatically. He said Matthew 18:20, where two or three are gathered, "Oh, come on, you know what I'm saying here? Are you going out fortified when you start your day? Or are you just basically up, you know, and out? Think about it. Think about it. The Bible says, you know, by the way, I'm not here to tell you how long you need to be reading and praying every day. I'm just here to tell you what the Bible says. We've got to focus on the inside, not the outside. Who do you idolize? We did a, we had a parenting workshop yesterday. So many kids, their role models are actors. Actresses, athletes, are they all bad characters? No. majority are. majority are terrible characters. Men treat women terribly. Women are equally immature in what they do. Self-centered, narcissistic. Got all this money, wasted, don't care about... I mean, terrible role models. There are exceptions. I had lunch last week with a basketball player. He spends his time evangelizing You may know him, I don't know. He was Charles Barclay's roommate. I'm not saying sports is evil. Sports has some limited value. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says it's of value. But it's only very limited. Godly training has value for everything. We look at that verse and say, see? We should all be in sports. It's of value. nah. -uh -uh. Paul says it's of some value. A wee little bit. I'm not going to deprive you of sports. I just want us to have the right balance. Don't get a bad attitude towards me, I hope, okay? Okay, because I can't see their expression, <laughs> but you can. <laughs> so I know what you're thinking from looking at their eyes. Okay, so you can. Idols. Oh, a few years ago, I I I, I fly, and sometimes you have layovers, and I was in Minneapolis, and I sat down and I I, I was working on lessons because I was preaching. I was l- lessons at, on my laptop computer. A couple of famous people walk in. I, I, I look up because everyone's staring at them, but then I look down because they're the most immodestly dressed women I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's amazing they even, their clothes even they didn't fall off every time they walked. I just didn't even look. Everyone's coming up, can I get your autograph? I watch your show. You're wonderful. And they sit right next to me. I'm sitting against a the wall. There's a bench there. It's at my table, my laptop, and They're right there. I'm thinking, oh, I can feel this radiation, this power over here. (laughs) And they put down, they put down their their bag, their carrier bag on the ground, and I just looked down at the bag. It said, Baywatch. I thought, oh, I think I know what this is. (laughs) Oh God, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Obviously not just stare at them. So they actually started the conversation. They said, is that a laptop computer? They said, are you on the Internet? Now, this was before you had hot zones and hot spots and stuff. So, no, of course I wasn't on the Internet. But we talked. And I thought, oh, I I just got to be honest. Girls, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when the beauty fades? I just looked them in the eye. I didn't look down any lower. (laughs) Part of me wanted to, but I said, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And they said, well, we have other options. And one said, I'm multi-talented. That means she thinks she can act. She thinks she can sing. She's going to get ditched. She's going to, be, she's going to ruin her life. The other one, she had a wedding band on. I said, what does your husband think about your profession? Oh, he's very supportive. Are you a Christian? She said, yes, I go to a large church in Southern California. They love me being a member there. I bet they do. Men, millions of men are lusting after you all over the world. You're not responsible for that. Well, I, I don't control that. I just act and do what I'm supposed to do. I said, the time will come. I wasn't too preachy. I was actually fairly soft-spoken. But you're going to remember this conversation. But it's a lie. It, this is not real. I think they will remember that conversation. Because everyone comes up and wants to autograph. I was thinking on a little bit of different, uh, channel, a little bit different level right there. See, the world is all on the outside. Well, I don't look at girls. I don't even struggle with the internet. How about the music you listen to? I like that thing Kim Chandler threw in about television and music. Because I hit it yesterday and I was going to hit it again today. Now I can hold back a tiny bit purifying your mind. You know, I get thousands of emails every year. Try to reply to all. This is at my website. Question and answer number number 988. Dear Doug, I love hip-hop and rap music. But I hear rappers say a lot of things against God's Word. Things that insult Him. I'm addicted to this music. When I stop listening to it, my thoughts begin to clear up. But when I go back, they become sinful again. I think the music may have started or widened the problem. Can I get a how can I get a new heart? How can I break free? I wrote, sounds like you need to lay off the rap music. I mean, he's saying every time I listen to it, I drift from God and then I turn away and I not all rap is bad, I wrote, but then a lot of it could lead people away from the Lord. In your case, I think you've made the diagnosis yourself. And then I, I wrote to a friend of mine who's a musician. His name is Jason Reichert. And he said, just a suggestion. But maybe you could refer that brother who struggles with rap to arrested development. Speech's music is clean. It has no cursing. It's still rap or hip hop or whatever you call it. I would hate for him to give up on music altogether when there are other options to enjoy without messing up his conscience. So I sent that to the other brother and he, he was very grateful. You watch TV? How much? What's the danger of TV? No time to do homework. <laughs> no time for your parents. Get in your head. Oh, I need to buy this. That's what commercials do. It's a form of brainwashing. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm saying be careful. Proceed with care. There's sensuality. There's violence. There's disrespect. It can blur your vision, as a wise woman put it. My challenge to you on that is to cut way back or give it up completely. What? Give up TV completely or cut way back. The average kid in the United States, and I think we're counting people still live at home, so if you're out, it may be less, watch TV about six hours a day. And they'll be multitasking. They'll have it on while they're doing the homework. I mean, it's on all the time. Six hours a day. And you say, I don't have time for good, quiet time. Well, I'm going to give you time. Cut down from six hours to five hours, to one hour a day. And you'll have five free hours extra. How about that? Would you like to have five hours extra? It's crazy. Average adult, New York Times poll, four hours and 40 minutes a day of TV in the United States. And we're too busy for God. Too busy to be evangelistic. Too busy to even be on time for church sometime. Because we've got to watch our shows. Oh, no, I could talk about... So I'm saying cut back or give it up. Maybe even abstain for a month. Okay, this: do an experiment. Pass around a sign-up sheet and say, for the month of March, no TV. At the end of the month, get together with your friends and say, what would you learn? And tell me if you don't feel detoxified. I didn't say you can't watch TV. I'm just saying be really, really careful. Video games, fantasy world, that's not real. (laughs) Is this too radical? You think this is going to drive people away from God? Or you think, I can't do this. James continues to say, what do you think the Scriptures mean when they say, the Holy Spirit of God placed within us jealously longs for us to be faithful? He gives us more and more strength to stand against such evil desires. God sets Himself against the proud, but He shows favor to the humble. James 4, verses 5 and 6. Basically, you can do this. You can do it. You can do this. In conclusion, you can do it. In conclusion, we reap what we sow. Now, reaping and sowing is what farmers do. You sow seeds, and the next day you harvest the corn, right? Right? You reap what you sow. There's a delay. There's a time delay. Paul says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, that's the sinful side, shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. It's a delayed effect. We think about something. We think about it again and again and again. And eventually we do it hmm Thoughts become acts. Then we do it again and again and now we've got a habit. You can predict I'm going to do it. It's my habit. Habits define our character. Character determines our destiny not only here, but there on the other side. Sow a thought. Reap an act. Sow an act. Reap a habit. Sow a habit. Reap a character. Sow a character. Reap. A destiny. You see, it's cumulative. You got to keep on doing the right thing again and again and again. That's how we build character. And the enemy of this is the world. You got to keep doing it. It's not just one thing. It's cumulative. People say, "Which French fry made me fat?" Let me think. I had hundreds of French fries. It's not. No, it's it's their lifestyle. The muscle comes from a lifestyle. It doesn't come from a, a weekend visit to some to LA Fitness or something. You know, I think some decisions need to be made today. Maybe you're convicted teens and you say, I want to be a woman of character. I want to be a man of character. I want to respect myself. I want to command respect in the world. You don't do it by the world's ways. You do it by building character. Who do you hang out with? Maybe you need to make a decision about bad company affecting you. Well, I don't swear and curse and cheat. Do your friends? They're already affecting you. What you watch and listen to. Who you're planning to fall in love with. Getting up in the morning and starting your day with the Lord. Maybe it's dressing, dressing more modestly. Taking your schoolwork more seriously. My challenge to all of you teens is to decide to become a man of character or a woman of character. Sow a thought. Reap an act. Sow an act. Reap a habit. So a habit reap a character, and so a character reap a destiny. God bless you.